bringing you key insights, tips, and advice from the brightest minds in the Canadian franchising industry. This is the Franchise Canada Chats Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, my name is Trisha. And I'm Andrew Shaw, editor of Franchise Canada Magazine. And once again, we've got a really good episode for you guys, especially anyone looking to become a franchisee because Andrew and I got to visit John Anthony Louis. Yeah, Trisha, John Anthony is the multi-franchise unit owner of Tutor Doctor, which provides one-on-one tutoring services to students of all ages. He and his wife Clarissa are the proud owners of 10 Tudor Doctor franchise territories in the greater Toronto area. Since starting in 2009, he has received several awards with the brand, including the Hall of Fame Award and the 2016 Tudor Doctor Top Performance Award. And in this episode, we cover topics like how to get the investment needed to become a franchisee, the support he has received since opening the business, the advice he would give if he met himself before starting the business, and so much more. Enjoy the episode. Hi, John. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you uh, for joining us today. So, can you tell us a bit about Tutor Doctor? Sure, yeah. So, Tutor Doctor, uh, we provide one on one in home tutoring for students of all ages and subjects. And I think we're in more than 15 countries, uh, over 500 units. And I'm a franchisee that's located in the uh, North Toronto area uh, in Canada. And you, if correct me if I'm wrong, but you were the youngest Tudor Doctor franchisee to ever join the team, correct? Like at some point I was. I don't know if I still am. Yeah, maybe I could drag rights for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So tell us a bit about what that was like coming on board at such a young age. What's it? What advice would you give to you know younger people looking to get into the franchising industry okay uh so when i first joined to the doctor i was 25 years old had a shaved head <laughs> and probably looked like i was 17 and uh i guess you know i had a lot of a lot of big hopes and dreams uh, i always wanted to own my own business had that entrepreneur itch you could say and starting out franchising was was an adventure. I mean, it still is. Um, it, what I wanted to do uh, in order to achieve my goals uh, had a lot to do with just my mindset because I knew I was younger than most people, so I felt uh, inadequate. I felt like, could I really, that I bite off more than I can chew? Mm-hmm. Um, are people really going to take me seriously, especially because I look like or I did look like I was 17. Um, so yeah, all those thoughts went, went through my mind. It was it was quite daunting at first. So what did you do to prepare for that? Um, you know, considering that you were young and what, what, what was the mindset that you kind of had to have? Yeah, the, it was kind of like ready, set, go. Mm-hmm. Like it was just uh, preparing myself mentally that it was all going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew I could be successful if I gave it enough effort and determination and and, and thought, you know. Um, I was disciplined about it and if I could learn. So it, it was just 
and the time came was like I got to give it all or, or nothing. So. And so why did you choose to the doctor? So I've always been involved in franchising to some degree. Mm-hmm. My father was uh, in franchise sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of happened to come about that way. You know, I remember in summertime, I, I would work with my father a bit on the phone. Um, as at, he was in franchise development, so I was kind of uh, pre-qualifying some candidates. I, you know, I learned how to talk on the phone, cool. and ask questions, and that yeah. sort of thing. And he always told me uh, about the people that he worked with, mm-hmm. uh, people who owned the company, the senior management. He had a, a lot of respect for them. So when he passed away, uh, I was 21, and I uh, called some of the people in his phone just to kind of get an idea of like what they were doing and, and, you know, if I could learn something. So I got in touch with the people that own Tudor Doctor today. Mm-hmm. Um, and originally they brought me on board and said, hey, if you want to, you've got some experience in selling franchises, why don't you come work with us in that capacity? And I was working with a team. Uh, my old, my father's old uh, vice president mm-hmm. took me on, uh, trained me, and I kind of started that way. So I... I learned a lot about the company before I was actually offered the opportunity to become a franchisee. So that, that didn't good. So yeah, I know you franchise the, you're with running this business with your wife. So can you talk to us about that? What, what it's like running a business with your wife? How did she get on board as well? So she got on board out of of sheer necessity. Okay. (laughs) Like six months into running my own franchise, I, I'm terrible at paperwork yeah. and, and trying try to, you know, enter everything in the, mm-hmm. when you need to. And yeah. So I was growing the business. Mm-hmm. I was out there doing the sales and the marketing mm-hmm. and uh, all that other stuff, the administrative yeah. stuff was kind of piling up on my desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would, you know, put it in the file folders and my wife could just see the stack rising, <laughs> like, slowly, <laughs> right? So, yeah. so one wish is, you know, can, can I help you out? Like, because you need help. Yeah. You just got to bury yourself in paperwork, right? Um, I said, sure, please, yeah, whatever you can do. So she kind of just jumped in and uh, just kind of worked for free for a bit, you know? Yeah. And then eventually we're like, hey, maybe maybe we could do this together. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got a very unique skill set where she can do all the administrative. She can multitask, mm-hmm. right? Uh and I could be sort of like the face of the company. So we started doing that. And uh, it's been now nine, nine something years. So, yeah. Nine something. Wow. Working together. That's really Working cool. together. Yeah. yeah. What are the, like, the sort of challenges, I guess? Like, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of positives, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> working with Let's get into the challenges. Yeah. What are yeah, the yeah. challenges of working with your wife? <laughs> yeah. There, so there's, there's definitely challenges. I mean, mm-hmm. on top of relationship challenges, mm-hmm. right? Like. Like, it's hard work uh, to keep a marriage going and maintaining a marriage. That's definitely hard work. Um, we were kind of newly married at the time, too. So you get the brunt of, you know, all the communication challenges, uh, balancing things, differences of opinion. Uh, so that that we had to deal with anyways. When you throw the business on top of that, um, that can be challenging, especially when you have different views. So one of the things that helped us was... We had distinct roles, okay. and our roles didn't really overlap. 
So, you know, you didn't have two CEOs in the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had one person that was dealing with operations and, and that sort of thing, and you had another person that was dealing with sales and finance. And so, um, the challenge, if I could sum it up and just kind of put it simply, is really more you can talk about work all the time. So, you could bring it home with you, yeah. <laughs> you could be in the middle of dinner. And you're talking about work. You're like, well, I gotta save this right now because I might forget it, right? And and meanwhile, like maybe it's not the best time to talk about work because you can burn yourself out. So you can talk about work at 10 p.m. at night. You can also talk about work at 10 a.m. in the morning, right? So it's just kind of learning how to shut it off, when to shut it off, setting some clear boundaries, agreeing on the boundaries, so you kind of have that commitment to each other. Yeah, establishing that kind of work-life balance, making sure that's. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you just kind of work towards it. You'll never perfect it, mm-hmm. but you just keep working on it. So tell us a bit about the tutor-doctor concept specifically and what drew you to the educational services sector. Yeah. So um, I've sort of always been in education. Before tutor-doctor, I was working with an e-learning uh, development company. And what we did was we helped universities, colleges, um, government agencies to bring their training online. Uh, so through that, you know, I've learned a lot about education, uh, pedagogy, you know, how it has to be engaging, and particularly how to do that online, which then was a little bit ahead of its time. Not everybody was willing to invest in that kind of technology or, or design and development. So that's how I got into education. So this was kind of like a, a natural fit because I'm really excited and passionate about working with youth, mm-hmm. young ones, um, and, and seeing what they can do and accomplish and helping to instill confidence in them. So uh, Tutor Doctor is really about changing the trajectory of students' lives. So when a student's life intersects with Tutor Doctor, uh, the path that they were on, the trajectory, it should totally change. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, students change by varying degrees, right? The impact by varying degrees, but it should always be a, a better situation with academic support, with tutoring, with an academic coach. You should always be in a better situation than without one. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I really love about the company is we're, we're changing the trajectory of students' lives which is really awesome. And how did you get the investment kind of to, because you know, franchises are pretty expensive. So what did you do? What was your... So I borrowed some money. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good you know, one. Okay. Uh, so so I, I was able to do that. Yeah. Um, and it was a mixture of, you know, going to my bank, telling them my hopes and dreams, and, you know, <laughs> I think they kind of felt sorry for me as a little kid. Like, okay, we'll give you a little bit of it. I had an unsecured line of credit back then. I don't think that's even possible today. Yeah. Unsecured. <laughs> so that that's that was kind of cool. On top of that, I was able to borrow some money mm-hmm. uh, from some from family and you know, that sort of thing. Okay. And then um, I I did a budget. Uh, I get newly married. I think what kind of helped us was we decided to rent. Uh, for the first year and just kind of get settled and, and just, you know, without putting the pressure to buy a house and all that kind of stuff. So 
we just tried to be as simple and frugal as possible. So what do we really need and what do we not really mm-hmm. need? You know, uh, do a budget that way so that that way I can keep my living costs to a, to a reasonable amount, mm-hmm. which allowed me then to reinvest into the business and to keep reinvesting in the business. What are some of the advantages of investing in a franchise that, like Tudor Doctor, that doesn't require a physical location? So you don't need to be tied down to a lease. What are some of the, the advantages there? Yeah. Well, just like, you know, I made that example about choosing to rent versus buying a house. Mm-hmm. You just don't have that pressure of a huge mortgage over your head, right? Like right. buying a franchise already is a big commitment. Uh, buying one that can start off home-based mm-hmm. is, it makes it a little bit easier so that you can use those those resources towards, you know, marketing or operational expenses, uh, mm-hmm. There's things that will be focused on growing the business as opposed to just setting the business up. Um, so for this model, it worked really well. Mm-hmm. And you talked about marketing there. Tell us a bit about you know your experience as a franchisee handling those different depart- departments. A lot of people might have a misconception that when you invest in a franchise, the franchisor has all the control over the marketing, that type of thing. Tell us, tell us about you know your initiatives that you that were unique to you as a franchisee. Sure, um, I guess you know Tudor Doctor is very open to trying things mm-hmm. and seeing what works. We're, we're not a brand that's been around for hundreds of years. You know, we don't have very uh, we have guidelines, but we're not as strict as some of the other brands that I've heard about. Where it's you can do this, you can't do this, you can do this, you can't do this, right? So that kind of plays in our favor because there's a lot of things that we try uh, that fail, but there's a lot of things that we try that work too. So just being able to try different things, tracking the numbers, like being able to make data-driven decisions is really key. So we have a really good understanding of the fundamentals that that can help us determine if a marketing initiative is a success or not, if it can be scalable or not. Um, so I think that's that's really good about Two Doctor. That's one of the one of the, the blessings so far. Just like going off that, what kind of support do you get from Tutor Doctor? Yeah, um, there's there's a lot of support. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got marketing departments, we've got training department. We've got uh, those that help us with finances. Um, there's so many things. It's almost like at times you can feel overwhelmed with all the support that is <laughs> thrown your thing. way. Yeah, you kind of have to pick yeah. and choose yeah. you know, what you'll take advantage of and what you might have to put on the back burner for later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, if I need help in uh, some talking points for this interview, I get it. If I need some help with uh, graphic design for a, a direct mail campaign I want to experiment with, I get it. Mm-hmm. So there's there's definitely a lot of support. Yeah. Okay. And then, so, you know, what kind of challenges, I guess, just as a franchisee, did you face early on? Um, even though you had all the support, were there times, I guess, you felt overwhelmed or like you didn't know what to do or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, when you first start, it's just yourself. Mm-hmm. You kind of wear all the hats, right? And as you as you grow, you have to hire, train, mm-hmm. 
fire, you know, you got to manage people. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time I took my business to a, to the next level, there was this overwhelming feeling of, can I do this? Mm-hmm. There was this, you know, uh, some call it a ceiling of complexity mm-hmm. where your problems are complicated and you're not quite sure how to, how to break through that particular barrier. Okay. Um, so you have to deal with all those feelings, right? Um, yeah. And how did you overcome them? I, I know you mentioned mindset before. Were there any other kind of things from your background that you kind of drew or used to help you? Yeah. With that? One thing I noticed about myself is I like to talk to a lot of different people mm-hmm. who I feel might have been through a similar situation. So, you know, when I'm faced with a challenge, I'll talk to five, six, seven people, um, you know, kind of like a roster of mentors yeah. and this, and I'll kind of ask them, you know, have you ever been in this situation? What did you do? This is what I'm thinking. This is how I'm feeling. What about mm. this? What about that? This seems impossible. Like, yeah. what you, like, <laughs> and you kind of just talk it out, and, and you realize that there's nothing that doesn't have a solution. Uh, if I'm... I just have to be willing to to execute and follow through on what I've learned from others. So if somebody gives me a good piece of advice and I feel like it makes sense and they've got a good track record where it's worked for them, then it's my responsibility to follow through and actually do it, no matter how hard it might be. I have I have to execute, and I think that's one thing I've learned is execution is key. Um. So. Run us through a typical day as a tutor doctor franchisee. What does that look like for anyone listening that might be interested in investing in a franchise? What could their day-to-day look like? Yeah, so I mean, I can speak from my, my personal day-to-day. Um, not that all, every experience mm-hmm. is you know, the same, but for me, I've got you know annual goals, which get broken down into quarterly initiatives which then get broken down into monthly things I must do, which then get broken down into weekly things I have to do, and even daily. So I always have, uh, I always know what my top three things are every day. For me as a, as a franchisee, it, those things span, you know, strategy, marketing, leading the team, uh, managing the sales team, uh, helping the team out with, difficult issues that arise and challenges, uh, putting things in place to make everyone's job easier, trying to make work fun for everybody, mm-hmm. building culture, all those sorts of things. So constantly just trying to work towards those goals. If you had one piece of advice for yourself, you have to do this all over again, what would your, what would you tell yourself here? Yeah, you know, I always get asked that question. Yeah. I, find it, I find it a really difficult question yeah. to answer. Uh, and I'll, I'll just tell you my thought process, right? Cause, okay. Because I know people are kind of looking for the, you know, what would you change? What would you do differently? Yeah. And, and I would tell myself this, and then that means that I would get an even greater result faster. Mm-hmm. But then I also think I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't go through things the way that I did. If I didn't struggle, if I didn't, you know, if I didn't fail, then I wouldn't be who I am today. So I always kind of revert back to doing the same thing all over again. 
you know, it, I just it's really hard because yeah. that's the reality of what I did. To try to imagine an alternate reality of just, I have a hard time doing it. In, in tell us a bit about the the rewards of owning a Tudor Doctor franchise. Not just the financial rewards, but there's a lot of giving back to the community in terms of you know helping change kids' trajectories for the rest of their lives, like what are, tell us a bit about the reward, the reward there. The reward is huge and, and you don't always, you can't always see it, right? Like you can't, you can't see what every student becomes just because, mm-hmm. you know, life changes, you might lose touch or whatever the case is. Um, one thing for me that kind of helps me to see this, we've had students where they're like really struggling with math as an example and you know, they work with tutor doctor, they get the help that they need, and then you don't hear from them for a little bit. You know, they finish university and all that kind of stuff. You might hear, of course, you know, they get uh, honor, honorable mentions or honor roll, and they might get scholarships, they might become the dream, you know, job that they always achieve, like become a doctor, become a firefighter. We've seen that happen. Mm-hmm. But then we've also seen situations where, like, after being a student with tutor doctor, they become a tutor for tutor doctor and then they're helping kids and that's really cool to see because it's like this full circle of you know uh evolution that people keep changing and they're helping others to change so you have two arms one arm is to help (laughs) yourself and the other arm is to help somebody else right Mm -hmm. so you kind of see that linkage which is really really awesome has tutor doctor had any cases of you know kids starting out with the program, developing into a tutor, and then eventually investing themselves in a franchise? Is yes. That, yeah. Tell us a bit about those cases. Absolutely. We've had situations where that exact thing has happened, and, and franchises are awarded to those because they understand the values, they understand uh, what it's like to be as a client, as someone that works for a tutor doctor, and then ultimately to be the person that is responsible for their own clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that has happened before. It's, it's, that's kind of cool to see too. You mentioned values. What are some of those values that you think are necessary to take on running your own business? Yeah. So I think we have five values. Don't ask me to try to remember them all. (laughs) Curiosity is one of them. Just always being willing to to question what is and what could be possible, sort of how I, I view it. Ingenuity is another one. I mean, these are all really good ones. Um, ownership, but but I think really the one that stands out to me the most is grit. Why does that stand out to you the most? Because whether it's work mm-hmm. or your own personal life, um, let's face it, life happens. Mm-hmm. Stuff, uh, stuff can get you down. There's, you know, all these sorts of things that we have to deal with as humans on a day-to-day basis. If you don't have grit or resiliency, mm-hmm. it's impossible to sort of like attain a measure of happiness in your life and still know that you have to go through stuff, mm-hmm. right? But if you have grit or, or resiliency, you can face really challenging circumstances like the death of a loved one or or a really big problem that you know the biggest problem you've ever faced in life and 
still feel happy with who you are on the inside and and, and look for a, a hopeful future. So I think that's probably my top value is because without that, kind of everything else doesn't matter. Yeah. So what's next for you and your business? It's a great question. Mm. <laughs> We all waited. Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know necessarily. Okay. Uh, it's a question that I'm asking myself all the time. Um, once I think I know it, then, then I change my mind. So, <laughs> so stay tuned. Maybe on the next podcast, I'll have a better answer for you. <laughs> Did you guys hear that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you like to have some franchise fun? Um, in the in the every issue of Franchise Canada magazine, we do a, fr- a series of franchise fun questions just to help people get to know you on a personal level. Yeah, sure. So let me let me jump in with some sentence starters. Wait, you, there's a reason why you didn't send me these questions ahead of time. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh boy. Let me get. So if you could just complete these sentences, um, what's the most the most interesting thing you've done recently is most interesting thing I've done recently, uh, I pretty much stayed in a chalet for like five days doing nothing, which I haven't done in a really long time. So over the, you know, the holiday break, because we're always like doing something, right? But I decided that this time I'm not going to do anything. Is that interesting? I don't know. To me it was. I'm like, <laughs> to me that's was, really I was just more, you know, <laughs> yeah. just kind of like, you know, just chill out, you know? In its best form, work is... It's gotta be fun. It's, it's franchise gotta, fun. Yeah, that's right, it's franchise fun. It's gotta be something that you look forward to. Even though there might be a lot of challenges, it might be really hard, it's gotta be something that you enjoy doing. My top advice for prospective franchisees is... is really understand what they're looking for. Um, create a create a checklist if you can on what your criteria is. Try to picture yourself as a franchisee in whatever opportunity you're evaluating and just be really honest with yourself. The most important thing in life is? That's deep. <laughs> that's deep. Families are really popular. Answer. Well, that's a good one. The most important thing I believe is uh, our relationship with our creator. Sorry, that's kind of maybe not politically correct, but I honestly believe that we are accountable for how we live our life. I think that's first and foremost, because if you're on good terms there, everything else kind of falls into place. If you can meet anyone, who would that be? Alive or not? <laughs> Fictional. Yeah. It would be, uh, I would want to see my parents again. And, the, and I think that leads into this. Sorry, that's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think that leads into I this next one. The person who has, who has had the most positive influence on you as a person and a business person is, would that be your parents? Or? That'd be my father, yeah, in, in what sense? Um, just kind of like. I learned a lot at an early age. I learned what hard work was, uh, not giving up, um, keeping track of your data. Um, I think all those things allowed me to just kind of have a good foundation for 
you know, what came, came my way. And finally, uh, Canadian franchising is... Canadian franchising... Eh? No. <laughs> uh, Canadian franchising is, is full of opportunity. Um, there's so much room for growth. And, and the culture of Canadians, I think, is especially um, uh, opportunistic because we've got so many different cultures and people that just come from all different parts of the world and come here to take advantage of the, you know, the situation that we're in. So there's lots of opportunity there. All right. Thank you so much, John, for sitting down with us and you know, going through this, uh, answering all our questions, <laughs> both tough and easy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the Franchise Canada Chats podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. For more, head to franchisecanada.online.